Welcome back, everybody, from a uh, extended vacation of Clubhouse Talk. We were we were with, away from you guys for quite a while. Things have been going on. It's a little bit of a dead zone in, in this time of year in some sense because you right after the Super Bowl, you don't have football going on, uh, which is what we've been talking about for so long. You, you're kind of in the that last push there for, for basketball as you get into March. Uh, right before the conference tournaments and you're in that last kind of month of everyone's figuring out what seating they're going to be their run to try and try and make a run to get themselves into the tournament college baseball starts up there in the middle of the month there's there's a lot that goes on um but at the same time it, it's nothing it seems to almost never be super pressing uh, no free agency in, in in uh football baseball is still sitting there arguing its way we're going to have a delay in the baseball season which don't need to go too too much, but we'll we'll talk on plenty of the other sports like I was just talking about there. But you know, back in tonight, we have who is I think I can almost elevate him to co-host status at this point that he's been on so many times. Um, and I know you've got a lot of great information ready to dive deep into the weeds of some college basketball. Um, Brett, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm pumped. Uh, it's been been too long. I I missed it. I missed uh, getting out there and, and talking to you, talking to whoever we have on the pod, talking sports, seeing seeing what all's going on, and and seeing what your thoughts are tonight. I, I'm curious. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's the best time of year. Yeah, um, it, we're we're finally into March. And that big countdown. We got through that quick month of February right after the Super Bowl. Um, which I, I do want to, why don't we go ahead and touch base there and recap since we talked about so much football going into it. We, I think it's only fair that we, we do a, at least a little bit of a recap. I know it's been three or four weeks. And so it's, it's not super impressive. We don't have to spend too long on it, but I guess what are, what are your thoughts on the Rams actually getting to pull it out? I know you had the Bengals going into that game, but it just, you know, what were your big takeaways from that? I mean, I'm happy for Cooper Cup, obviously. Uh, you know, you know, I'm a big Cooper Cup lover. Um, the biggest Cooper Cup fan out there. I am. I am. But then again, I am. I am hurt for Burrow and the Bengals. Um, I was cheering them on the entire way uh, after I found out the Broncos. And this is probably like week four that I found out the Broncos were going to make the playoffs. But um, yeah, I was. I was cheering on the Bengals, and it, it sucks to see their their ride end like that, especially with Burrow going down in the championship game, but it's football. They always got next year. So, and I think the Bengals will return quite a bit of their production from this year. So I like their, I like their outlook for next year. Yeah. Um, I I think so too. I think that they're going to be a force for a long time coming. Um, It's really good that the Rams actually won this year. Oh, excuse me. It's really good the Rams actually won this year because they gave away everything to make the Super Bowl run. And if they gave away basically their entire future of their franchise and then don't win, um, it was going to be a really, really huge problem for them. Uh, so it's good that they got it done back to back years of a team winning in their home stadium in the Super Bowl after we didn't have it for whatever, for the whole entire history of the Super Bowl. Just kind of love to see that. The fun stat that I said of uh, of teams winning the coin toss and losing the game once again happened. Uh, just just weird little things like that seem to pop up every year, but it was it was a lot of fun. Um, had friends over, a lot of really good food. Uh, yeah, good times. Yeah, the Super Bowl is always such a great event. Um, 
Rams are going to have a what's what is it though. Super Bowl fifty six next year? No, this was fifty six, I believe. So, so this is what fifty seven no. then. Rams are going to have a lot, so, a lot to change up. I mean, they've got they're they're down eight million in the projected cap space going into next year. Uh, <laughs> they have no first round draft pick. They're notable free agents of OBJ who tore his ACL in the game uh, again. Poor, really feel bad for him. Sony Michelle, Von Miller. Darius Williams, all free agents, are pretty big key pieces for him. I, I have no clue what that Rams team is going to look like next year, but hey, you know what? They got the ring. It can't be that bad. Yeah, I mean, if we see the Cardinals in the Super Bowl and they win it next year, we know the NFL is rigged because, <laughs> like you said, seeing two home teams winning Super Bowl back to back years is, is unheard of. Like, it never happened before. So I, I still am riding the boat of moving to Detroit. Uh, my brother in law is listening to this, he's going to hate me for saying that because he's a huge <laughs> Lions fan, but. I'm sorry for sorry for his heartache then for for all of his fanhood. Yeah, he's a Michigan fan too, so at least that them making the playoffs this year uh, helped him a little bit. But their basketball yeah. teams looking kind of brutal. Yeah, we'll, we'll jump into them, especially because they're an interesting team to talk about um, once we oh, get for to. sure. But uh, no, there wasn't wasn't too terribly much. I mean, it's it's well past. So I don't really want to break it down too much into a game by game basis, but wanted to at least touch on it. Give our give our due diligence, our congrats out there to the Rams and any Rams betters or fans out there on congratulations. Unless you have the Bengals with the points, because the Bengals covered. Um, so <laughs> depends on what side you're on with that game. But we'll, we'll move on. Uh, and let's since I think I know what we're gonna spend the majority of this podcast on. Let's let's continue to stick with the shorter topics at the moment. And we'll we'll jump into college baseball started up in the last couple of weeks. Uh, in ba- college baseball has gotten brought out to the forefront with the MLB continuing to stay in its lockout. Um, the first two weeks of the regular season are going to be uh, postponed or I guess canceled. They're not going to make up those games from the first two weeks. And who knows how much longer this lockout ends or, or goes on for college baseball is getting brought to the forefront. And a lot of people that normally be watching spring training baseball right now are all watching uh, non-conference uh, college baseball, which I think is fantastic for the sport. It actually might be a blessing and that you get a lot of high energy, a lot of fun stuff. Um, I guess teams teams to watch. Uh, I know you live out there in Omaha, so obviously College World Series, huge for you every year. Um, who are you who are you paying attention to? Who do you think is off to a good start? Who's surprising you maybe off to a bad start? Yeah, um, well, I'll kind of give two of those answers in the same uh... – in the same little snippet here, but I'm so I'm obviously a Nebraska baseball fan. I know I'm a Creighton basketball fan and kind of pick pick and choose teams I like from those two colleges, but I am a Nebraska baseball fan and talking about teams who haven't started off or had them. Uh they're one in uh one in six now, I believe. Um they picked up one game against Sam Houston State, who actually turns out to be pretty good because they beat number three Oklahoma State. And then they dropped three to um TCU. So, so yeah, that's yeah, one and six, yeah. So they're they're not having the best start, and they got um, UT Arlington and Houston Baptist this weekend. I think they're playing a little triangular down yeah, in Houston, uh, Houston Baptist isn't a bad team. No, they're not. They're not at all. And funny enough, there's actually a few kids from Omaha on that team, which is kind of strange, but. Interesting. Um, yeah, no, college baseball around Omaha, at least, is huge with the College of Series. So 
um, and not having an MLB team here, a lot of people follow college baseball. So um, there's tons of Nebraska and Creighton fans around here. And then you'll obviously have your bandwagon teams that people just seeing them go in the college series year after year, become fans of those teams. So I know a ton of people who are either Cal state Fullerton fans or Oregon state fans or LSU. Um, so I, I've always loved college baseball. Um, I probably pay more attention to that than the MLB, but even the MLB, like I, it sucks seeing it be postponed because the past few years I've really gotten into it and watching your Braves, man, that was, that was awesome to see. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Diamondbacks fan, so I haven't been able to see too much success in recent years. So seeing your team living vicariously through you and, and just watching Jock and his pearls, just that was awesome. <laughs> it was a it was a wild ride. I can tell you, I didn't get a lot of sleep that month. Um, there were a lot of late nights watching baseball. A lot of it takes a little while to go back to, to get yourself to fall asleep after a game that ends, at, you know, 11, 1130. Right. It, it takes when you're on that high of an adrenaline run and stressing out some, some games, it, it takes a little bit for your body to go back to sleep. So you get a lot of sleep that month, but you know what? I'll take it. That was a, that, that it really was a month to remember of a lot of moments. Um, it, it really is just, it's just depressing to see what they've done with baseball at this point of how the owners, um, it'd be really nice to see if you had people running baseball that actually cared about baseball and wanted to see it grow and become a better sport. But Clearly, that is just not the case nowadays. Um, all they care about is their pocketbooks. Uh, the players are doing their best to try and create a fair deal. The owners want to basically absolutely destroy the union. They want to get as uh, owner-friendly of a deal as possible. It's really terrible of how this negotiation has gone. But I, I hope that they get this resulted or resorted quite quickly because I think everyone out there is just pissed at this point. <laughs> Oh, agreed. Um, but yeah, on a little bit lighter topic, how about your Vols, man? Their their team's looking great. What you one of your freshmen like leading the SEC in home runs or something, and then you have that pitcher that's throwing 103 miles an hour. What yeah. is going on out there? What are they feeding him in Knoxville? Dude, it's nuts. Um, I'm I'm loving it. it so th- obviously they made it back to the College World Series last year for the first time since 05. Tennessee baseball was a fairly successful program there for a while, and then they just really hit a huge lull where they didn't get anybody, um, no big names. They turned in any MLB players. They didn't. They couldn't get any good teams going forward. And Tony Vitello has really, really flipped around that program quite quickly. It's it's incredible what he's done. How much that fan base has revolved, uh, really, you know, gone around that team. They sold out their opening weekend series, which had never happened before. Uh, set attendance records for opening day for the whole opening series, obviously. And, and this was for games that were being played in 35, 40 degrees, and you're filling a 4,500-person stadium. And when I was in college there just two years ago, on a weekday game, you could you could just walk up there after class, uh, and you had all the seats in the house to choose from. didn't matter. And now you've got to request your ticket weeks in advance and get there early to get a seat. It, it's awesome. Um, but they're, they're killing it. They're 7-0. Um, haven't really had any too, too many big sweaters. Uh, their opening series against Georgia Southern, they rolled uh, every game. They got there in the – or they had Iona this past weekend, who's not a very good baseball team. They, uh, I think they put up uh, 86 runs or 70-something runs this weekend, 50-some runs. It was, it was something absurd. They, they scored like 20, 20, and 17 runs, however many that is. Um, this weekend against Iona, it was 
not a very good pitching performance by them, but their offense is obviously killing it. And like you said, they've got a uh, star fresh or I think he's a sophomore uh, who's through, who hit 103.5 on the radar gun, which is absurd to freaking think about. Yeah, that's crazy. You don't you don't see that in the MLB, and this guy's throwing that gas in college. And he had like, Tommy John last year. So is he, is, is he a starter? Uh, no, he's a reliever. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's why he's throwing that much. Yeah, he's, I mean, it makes sense. he's giving <laughs> he's giving max effort for one inning. Um, he is he is throwing Randy Johnson numbers right now. But yeah, I think you're going to see him be a starter uh, or be a closer come come near the end of the year. And it's really big for them because they're actually a little bit unhealthy on their pitching staff right now. They're they're trying to get some guys healthy back before conference play starts up. And this weekend's going to be a really huge test. They haven't had the most stellar competition to start off with. Well, that changes tomorrow night when they go out to Houston in the Shriners Children's Classic, which will be hosted at the Astro Stadium, which is going to be a wild uh, group of teams are out there. UCLA is out there. Tennessee is out there. LSU is out there. Texas is who they played the first game. Um, so they get a rematch of the team that knocked them out of Omaha last year and the number one team in the country. Um, very, very early test to figure out where on earth this team stands. It's, it's going to be a fun uh, weekend series for them out there in Houston. Oh, for sure. Um, you were saying you were saying that they play home games this early in the year in, in Knoxville? Yeah. That's interesting. So Nebraska, I mean, obviously it's a little colder here than it is in Tennessee, but Nebraska doesn't play their first home game until late March or early April, I don't think. So they've been going all away games? Yep. So they've been playing – actually, I take that back. They play their first home game March 11th. I'm an idiot. But still, <laughs> uh, their first – what is this? 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Tw- their first 12 games are away games. Um, they usually do this because it's so cold. Um, this time of year in Nebraska, that um, they usually play either in Texas or Florida, and they play as the home team down there a lot of times against smaller schools in like a neutral stadium. But um, like last week, they played in uh, the Rangers stadium against TCU for a series. So yeah, but uh, it's really interesting baseball up here because, I mean, obviously we're not blessed with the good weather. So I think teams up in the north – struggle getting into a rhythm early season, especially playing against some of these Southern teams who've had the nice weather and been able to get in their groove outside. Cause I think there's a huge difference of hitting the cage and actually going outside and hitting BP, like out on your practice field or wherever oh, yeah. your, your team practices, um, which Nebraska unfortunately hasn't really had the opportunity to do early season, but I don't know. I, I, I see their schedule getting a little bit easier um here coming up so we got long beach state at home to open on march 11th and then we host new mexico state texas a corpus christi and then south dakota state and then we hit to big 10 play yeah i mean that's gonna be they'll hit their stride once they get back and get into their own groove i think um right still it's still super early it's six losses right. and baseball is no killer um Go on a nice win streak, get yourself in Big Ten play, start taking some series in Big Ten play, and no one's even going to remember what happened in February. So right, and I think also I think they just need to figure out their rotation. Their uh, their pitching hasn't looked amazing. Um, we lost our third. We were day three starter, Jake Bonds. Uh, he's out for the season. Tommy John surgery. Um, 
and their batting just really doesn't look great. So, like I said, just hitting their groove, finding out their rotation, um, just getting their order down, and just getting get, getting people's bat size. I mean, baseball is a game of streaks, you know, as you know. Yeah. Um, I think just just getting hot and kind of beating up on some of the lowly Big Ten teams, I think, will really help them towards the end of the season get some momentum and getting back to the tournament and playing like we did against Arkansas last year, and we stole a game from them in in Fayetteville. Yeah, uh, just you know, we'll, we'll we'll recap it and see. Just follow them along and see how much they can uh, build on it. If they're still sitting there and really struggling, come end of end of March, then we'll have a lot different story to talk about there with that baseball team. I know they had a lot of high hopes. Um, and, you know, there's another team that's really struggling this year so far. That's Mississippi State. They've already lost three times uh, to some not so good opponents. I know they. I think they just lost to Southern Miss uh, this yesterday or the day before the miss isn't a terrible team uh they made it to the regionals last year and were one one win away from getting into the super regionals so they're they're no terrible team but still nonetheless you're talking about your defending national champions and they are they're four and three really struggling to start this year i'm i'm going to be interested to follow them to see if this is a kind of a championship hangover or if they uh, actually figure themselves out uh next month Right. So a question for you, Kylie, if the Vols, some, I'm not going to say somehow, because I think there's a legitimate chance it happens. If they can make it back to Omaha, are you going to attend? I will do everything in my power to get back out there. Um, I've gone the last two years that there's been a college world series. I am not looking to miss it again this year. So. Well, as you, as you know, you know, better than anyone, it's a blast out here. And for any of your listeners, I highly recommend you guys, making the trip out to Omaha. I mean, there's so much stuff to do outside of baseball. No one even thinks it's, it's honestly, it's, I, I live here, so I'm biased, but I think it's a great town. It's there's fun bars. There's plenty of stuff to do. People think it's just a cornfield, but it's not. And it's a, it's a lot more fun that time of year too. A lot, really good weather. Yeah, I mean, there's so many people around for the Caldwell series. There's events everywhere going on around the ballpark and it's, it's awesome. I do agree that it is, um, for any true sports fan out there, especially anyone that loves baseball, uh, it is a uh, event to that is a must attend because of all of the energy around it, all the people you meet. Um, it, it's just a it's a great time. It doesn't matter how many games you go to, you go to one, go to five, go to ten. Um, you can pick and choose however many you want. It is without a doubt one of the most fun and electric atmospheres that I've been to at a baseball game, and I've been to a World Series game. So I, I, I can say it from the top to the bottom. It is one of the best atmospheres you will have. Yeah. And for any of your listeners who maybe do end up going, um, highly suggest getting the GA tickets. So general admission down the outfield, you will not find a more electric baseball atmosphere than that outfield. Oh, it's just a party zone. It, it's, a so good- it's, it's a party and people are very drunk, honestly, but uh, they're just so much fun. They're throwing beach balls around and, it is. It is. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, trying to think if there's any other big baseball storylines. Obviously, it's going to hit the. We'll hit the road a lot harder once we get into conference play, um, and we get out of basketball season. But before, you know, just wanted to touch base on it because with it being on the forefront, I guarantee there's a lot more people watching you this year. So we're going to do our job and follow it a lot more this year. We didn't talk about it at all last year. I'm looking forward to getting into it, following a lot more teams, seeing what all is happening. We will keep you guys updated. But without, you know, really further ado, we'll get into what everybody wants to talk about because we mentioned it before. It is March. 
March means March Madness. This month is about basketball and all about college basketball tournaments, 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 conference tournaments, leading you right into March Madness. Um, we already have conference tournaments going on here as we sit here on March 3rd. Um, some lower tier conferences have began their play. We're going to get into most of the major conference. Some of the mid-majors start this weekend. Most of the major ones will all be next week. Obviously, your Power Fives will all be next week, your SEC, ACC, et cetera. I will be at the SEC one next weekend. But as we sit here with one game left for everybody, um, pretty much one game left. Some some schools still have two, I guess. But let's just let's break it down, see, see where your thoughts are. And then we can we can touch base and look at some conference tournaments going ahead. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I mean, tonight we got some pretty decent games in the slate. Um, oh, I'm I'm actually I have in the background. I have Michigan State and Ohio State flipped on right now, and that's that's a game that's really going to have to determine a lot. I mean, whether Michigan State wants to be able to get into the tournament again, and uh, oh, I mean. I guess Michigan State's, I mean, they're 19 and 10. I'd say that's probably a bubble team if they don't win this game. I think that the Purdue game got them in. I I, I would assume as long as they don't, I believe they finished the season against Minnesota this weekend. If they were to lose that game as well, I think it would put them back on the bubble. Losing at Ohio State's not going to kill them, but they are an extremely fringe team. Very volatile. Uh, they've been extremely up and down all year. I Honestly, think they've I, lost six of their last seven, though. Yeah, and the one win was Purdue <laughs> this past weekend. Yeah. I mean, and they got absolutely decimated by Michigan, and, and Michigan's without their head coach and they one of their best better. players. They've played better since they lost their head coach. Right. They've, they've I mean, played really good this, the past couple weeks. I mean, I won't get too much into that Jawan Howard mess because that's, that's all up to opinion. And... I, I I have a strong opinion about this, but uh, oh no, man, that Michigan team is, and I'm getting off topic here, but that Michigan team is fun to watch, but they are also brutal to watch. Yeah. They're really a frustrating team to watch and watch because you just you just don't know which one's going to show up. Right. Uh, so but yeah, uh, going back to this Ohio State game, Ohio State's playing for a buy or a double buy, I believe, in the Big Ten tournament. Um, if they win out. Um, I believe they have teams, one more game after this. How many teams get a uh, get a buy there in the Big Ten? Uh, I think eight get a buy, four get a double buy. Yes, so, so four of those eight. This should put them. Uh, Iowa's got a game tonight as well. Um, they're tied with Iowa in the conference record at eleven and seven. So depending upon that, uh, I would assume they're sitting at that four or five spot, flipping it with Iowa. So they, and then realistically, five, if Realistically, realistically, if Iowa and Ohio State both lose and Rutgers ends up winning, Rutgers, who is a bubble team, sitting at a sitting at seventeen and twelve right now, um, they they could play into a double bye, and which that would be huge for a team like Rutgers, who has kind of struggled with some injuries this year. I know they have they have a pretty good guard in Ron Harper Jr., but um, I mean, just with with teams getting hot at the end of the year, like a team like Rutgers would really benefit from that, just being in the bubble and just having that extra rest and playing teams who have played one or two games before having to face up against the Scarlet Knights. I think that team last night, uh, or that game last night against Indiana was a back-to-the-plan game uh, for 
being on the bubble. Both teams were on the bubble. I think Rutgers winning that game at Indiana squarely moves them a little bit safer um, into where we stand right. uh, in, in the tournament. I think Indiana likely is out now without a large run in the Big Ten tournament. I'm talking at least the semis, if not the finals. I think they're going to have to win a game or two uh, of that they're supposed to lose at this point to try to back up their resume. They've been an extremely frustrating team. I have watched way too many games of theirs. Uh, a lot of Big Ten basketball I've actually caught on to this year, but it's yeah has not been good for Indiana. They might need a coaching change interpersonally, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I mean you've got Joe Lenardi at the moment has in, had both of those teams as the last four in. I going. I don't know when this was last updated tonight. Um, they updated um, oh, two, days first, so two days ago. Yeah, yeah. So that since that game, I guarantee that's changed. Um, with, right, you know, would would be down. So, right, and I mean, it, it's Indiana. They're they're always. I mean, they're blue blood of college basketball. I would say at least, and it's it's not easy to win in Assembly Hall. I mean, that's one of the the meccas of college basketball. Um, so I mean, the Scarlet Knights getting that one is is amazing. But yeah, and they've been terrible on the road this year. So it's been that's good for them to get that. Really good for them. Um, yeah. So let's see what else we got going. And we can kind of just take a look at just, I guess, looking at the conference tournament as it stands right now, or at the, the overall picture. Gonzaga, Baylor, uh, Kansas, and Arizona were your one seeds going into this week. Uh, Kansas lost again the other night. Since this was updated, I would just, that's obviously to drop them. Off of that line, um, Joe Lenardi said when that happened that Auburn was going to get bumped up onto that one seed. Uh, so I guess you're looking at Auburn. Kentucky's on a two seed, so I would think if either of those teams win their SC, win the SEC tournament, that they could take a one seed uh, there. Arizona, Gonzaga look locked in, and I think Baylor could fall just because I think Baylor is – beatable enough in the in the next week or so in their conference tournament. I think that they could have an early exit that would drop them off the, the one seed there. Yeah. Um, I mean, it really anything can happen in the big 12 tournament. I mean, that that's a very deep league as well. So, I mean, who's to say Baylor isn't going to go out first round? I mean, probably not first round, but if they lose a game, I mean, they're not they're not a lock for the one seed either. Like, I, I don't think there's a single team in the country this year that's a lock for a one seed, which is pretty I rare. Think, it, I think Arizona and Gonzaga, Arizona might be. I think both of those teams because I I don't see Gonzaga losing, so I don't think they're gonna fall. And I you never know. St. Mary's is always a tough game for them. I know, but it's it's gonna be really hard for them to turn back around. I think if they lost again, then yes, but. I'm just I'm assuming they're gonna lose again. Hey, that's why it's called March Madness, Kylie. It is. It's it's been March Madness so far. A lot of underdogs have been winning in their conference tournaments, have been covering in their conference tournaments so far. Granted, these are some crappy teams playing basketball, but so be it. Underdogs are still underdogs. Um, it, it's going to be – I think this year is probably going to be one of the most volatile and entertaining marches that we've seen in a long, long time just because there, you've seen it all season of, of that there's there hasn't been that one dominant team that – you know, wins 22 in a row and doesn't lose till February. Every team had a loss in, by December 
Uh, every team had multiple losses very quickly into the year. I think everyone's probably got two or three, if not four losses. Team, teams are going down, and there will be top seeds that will go down in your bracket. And I'm I looking forward to uh, our preview show when we get it. We did that last year um, where we walked through that whole opening round. It was a whole lot of fun. We will do the same thing again when it gets to March Madness this year. Don't you worry. Yes, sir. But, yeah, speaking to what you were saying, there is there's just so much parody in college basketball this year. I mean, let's look back at last Saturday. I think seven of the top ten teams lost. I don't that, that, yeah, uh, uh, the top six teams all lost, and Texas Tech, who is nine, lost. Yes. Yes, which is incredible. I, I don't think that's probably ever happened in a single day. It's never happened before in college basketball. But – I've never seen anything like it. It was <laughs> – it was beyond crazy. I was actually at a, uh, I was at a high outdoor hockey game that day. So it wasn't keeping track of too many of the scores, but other than Tennessee was a part of that history and that they knocked off number three Auburn that day. So I was watching that one, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I, I, one of the things I'm most interested going forward into conference tournaments is I want to see how these elite teams perform on a neutral court. You've seen home court advantage be such a massive thing this year in college basketball. So many home teams winning. And I, I want to see what happens when we get to a neutral court, when you start getting where the talent is supposed to win out because you don't have an edge to either team. And this is what we're obviously going to get in March Madness. So I think pay attention to those top teams that we're talking about here of your Baylors, your Kentuckys, all, all those teams on the top two or three seeds, four seed lines. Um, watch how they do in the conference tournament. If they look like they're struggling against an inferior opponent or they lose to an inferior opponent in their conference tournament, I'm not saying you can't don't choose them to advance, but I would be really wary about it because they might be a team that just gets bumped up by their home court um, and they love having their fans. Well, they're not going to get that same push when he, now that we're into the postseason. So a question for you. Um, I want you to give me a team or two that right now is not projected a top one or two seed, so top eight teams. I want to give you. I want you to give me a team that you see as a sleeper and someone that could make a push in the tournament. Oh, a team that I think can go far. That's not a one or a two. Yep, and actually take out Purdue because they're a th- they're projected a three, but I think they'll be opposite <laughs> too. Yeah, they they probably. I think they won the Utah championship. I think they won the tournament, so I think they'll probably move their way up. I can go first if you want. If you want some time to look it over, but yeah, kind of put you on the got, spot here. <laughs> if you got teams, go for it. I'll uh, I'll have an answer by the time you're done. So my first team is right now projected a three seed. So kind of cheating because it's so close to a top seed, but <laughs> is the Providence Friars? Um. Oh, I got a top. We could talk about that one, but go for it. I am a little biased here. But just because of the Big East, I, I love Big East basketball being a Creighton fan. And I, just, I think there's toughness, and I think it's great. But <laughs> um, Providence's um, big man, Nate Watson, is a freak athlete. And, um, I mean, they, they haven't played the toughest schedule in the league. And I think luck-wise, I think they're the luckiest team in college basketball this year. But I think college basketball, to win, it, it takes luck, especially in March. And in the Big East, there's not a team as hot that's as hot as the Providence Friars right now. I mean, they're pulling off close game after close game, and they, they just know how to win. 
you know, there there is something to that of what you said about luck being you do need a little bit of luck when you get into March. And when, when you are a lucky team and you're defined as the luckiest team in metrics, a lot of it comes down to the fact that you find a way to pull out really close wins that could flip to the other side quite, as, quite easily because the team misses a shot or you make a shot at the end of the game. And you can look at it two ways. And I think you kind of have to, I think you have to put merit on both sides in terms of, yeah, the other team has missed some shots that they could have made, but you have found a way to win those games and you can't take that away from them. Like that, that is a very legitimate uh, thing that they knowing how to find a way to win is extremely important when it comes to March. Cause you will face some teams that probably aren't as good as you that get really, really hot because it just is how it is. And when you're playing one game, anything can happen, especially in a game of basketball. So if they can just find ways to squeak by and keep winning, that's all you got to do in March. Winning is living and, you just, it's one game at a time, survive in advance. Exactly. I, I, I do think that Providence is overrated personally. I think that they, I think they're a good team. I just, I, I don't see them as a final four team as it stands today. I, I will be interested to see how the brackets come out before I start making too much of a declaration of how overrated they are. Well, I'm going to give you one other team though to watch out for, and that's Arkansas. I'm not sure how you feel about them being a SEC rival. And you've watched more Arkansas than I have this year, I'm sure. But I, I love the way they play. I love their coaching staff. Um, You're talking about one of the hottest teams in the nation right now. They've won 14 of 15 games. Um, they are beating everybody. Good, bad, doesn't really matter. They're, they are finding ways to win. Huge game this weekend. Uh, senior day in Knoxville, Arkansas gets a rematch against Tennessee, just beat them two weeks ago uh, in Arkansas. So we're going to get a rematch of that game. We're going to see where they stand come the SEC tournament on a neutral floor. They are a team that I'm really curious because they have had one of the greatest college atmospheres at home this year. I want to see how they are this weekend on the road personally. And then I'm really interested to see how they are uh, on a neutral site in Florida when it gets down to Tampa for the SECs, but I, I do agree with you there that this Arkansas team is scary. They play legitimate defense. Uh, they find they have fairly good shooters. When you are a team that is as defensive minded as they are, um, it'll always keep you in a game and they're willing to run the floor with you. So I like your, I like your pick here of uh, they are a big time sleeper. Right. Yeah, I, I like, I like how sleeper, you can say it a four, them. but. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I don't know how much you can say is a big-time sleeper out of four, and they likely will get moved up. Um, some people have, you know, an Alabama out of five, and they just lost last night to Texas A&M. So there's some interesting rankings going on. But, yeah, I see them I see them being an extremely hard team to get up come March. Right. And, yeah, uh, Musselman has been playing amazing. And J.D. Note, yeah, that guy's a baller. <laughs> He's averaging 19 a game right now, and along with 4.5 rebounds and – three and a half assists, like, and two steals. Like, like you said, they're, they're, they're playing great defense. They're, they're averaging seven, uh, seven steals a game, which is, is, is pretty impressive, <laughs> especially that's, in the SEC. That's some tight stuff going on there. Um, those are, those are two sleepers. Those are my two sleepers. Let's hear yours. 
All right. Uh, first one, we'll take a cheap, easy one since you took a three, Steed. Uh, I, I will take a team that I actually really do believe could go a very long game, not win all this year, and that is the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, I saw this team play in Madison Square Garden back in December. Horrible shooting night. Their defense is 100% legit. And I thought that night that, hey, they've got a great defense. I don't know if they're going to have the offense to be able to, to withstand it. The last month and month and a half in Big 12 basketball, they have proven to me that this team has an extremely legitimate offense. They're very efficient. They just score enough points to win. They're not going to go out there and drop 80 on you unless you're out there running past them because they're going to continue to keep scoring on you, even if you score on them. But the large majority of the time, they're going to slow you down and they're going to break you down. And you're talking about a fist fight that's going to be uh, somewhere between 125 and 140 points. And not a lot of teams want to do that. Not a lot of teams can do that. They have very elite guard play. They're getting healthier. Chris Beard is a fantastic head coach when he gets to, or actually he's at Texas. Um, I forget, their coach came from uh, Gonzaga, I believe, under Mark Few. He was there for a long time and studied under him. So he's got a lot of a lot of good history behind him. Obviously, Gonzaga may not have the most March history, but uh, still learns a lot from all those experiences on those Gonzaga squads was on their squad last year that went to the national championship. I think this Texas tech team not only can make it to the final four. And as they sit here right now, as the three seed, I think that they can absolutely win it all. Oh, agreed hundred um, percent. I mean, they've had some great teams the past few years. I mean, they've made the final four was it two, three years ago. 2019 in Minneapolis. Right. They uh, made it to the championship game, lost in overtime for two Virginia. Another game I was at. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's funny that I keep finding that. But yeah, no. Um, What were you going to say about Texas Tech, though? I was was agreeing. I was just agreeing with you that they they are a very solid team. So yeah, I I like that. But do you have any other any other teams you, you like? Uh, I think Illinois is a really scary team if they're at a four seed. Um, Kofi Coburn's a scary person. Yeah, he is. Uh, so if you, have, man. if you can get him out in a foul trouble or if you can get up on Illinois, it's a very, very different team. But if they are up on you and there's two minutes to go and they're trying to salt away a game in March, it is going to be next to impossible to beat them considering all they're going to do is they're going to dribble it down the floor. They're going to keep it at the top of the key. And then with about eight seconds left, they're going to flip the ball down to Kofi Coburn in the post. And he's either going to score or he's going to get fouled because you're not going to stop the ball from getting to him. And it's going to be one of those two options. Um, Very rarely are you going to be able to just defend and he's going to miss. So I think that team at a four is, is going to be extremely scary. I don't want to go super Homer here. So uh, I could have gone Homer and picked Tennessee, but I, I've got our, I've got my own concerns about our team, but <laughs> so. as do I with Creighton, just with a lot of injuries. We don't even have a point guard right now. We went last night against UConn. We did win last night against UConn um, because our big man, Ryan Kalkbrenner went off and also held Sonogo to, I believe eight points, which is pretty hard to do because um, UConn loves to pound the paint. So, I mean, they're pretty good. They have pretty good off guard to it, and RJ Cole. So, um, I mean, they're pretty pretty well sounded team. Um, I think they'll probably be a Sweet Sixteen team, but 
like I said, you never know with the with the uh, with March Madness and the NCAA tournament. Tennessee absolutely is going to have the the talent and the ability to keep themselves deep into March. Um, they're they're extremely talented. March comes down to guard play. They have some of the best guards in the country, uh, led by Kennedy Chandler, who very likely is going to be a lottery pick. Josiah Jordan James is playing amazing right now. Santiago Vescovi can shoot the lights out of three. Uh, Zakai Ziegler has been an awesome, awesome player off the bench um, with a really quick change of pace. So they've, they've got the guard play. What I am most scared of is we get to a team – if we faced a team like Illinois with Kofi Coburn or we faced Purdue with Zach Eady, we would have absolutely zero answers down low. We don't have a true big man that can post up and score. And so if you, if we're missing our shots up top, this is where you start seeing is when we go on our massive offensive droughts is when we're just not making our jump shots. And so typically in years past, you would have somebody that maybe was down low. You could flip the ball to let them post up, get you a bucket, kind of make you feel better. Not so much anymore, but the defense is elite. The defense is never going to go away. They have some fantastic wins on the schedule. If they go out there and handle business against Arkansas, I'm going to start feeling the the Kool-Aid a little bit more probably, as you you like to call it, the Kool-Aid out there, Um, because it's going to be a team that is really, really scary. I would not – because they're good enough to beat anybody, but the problem is they're also going – they could lose in the first round because they just go out there and put 55 points and lose. And it won't surprise me. Right. Although speaking of, speaking of uh, your, your Vols not having a true big man, you guys are missing Derek Walker right now. Oh yeah. How's he playing for Nebraska? Uh, Derek Walker is actually one of Nebraska's, I mean, this is, and this is taking this with a grain of salt because Nebraska sucks, but he's one of their best players. Um, is he? he starts, he starts for him. He's a presence in the paint, which they don't have. Um, and I'm a Creighton fan. Nebraska's our bitter rival, so I'm not a Nebraska basketball fan. Love Nebraska football to death and baseball too. Not a Nebraska basketball fan, so don't get that confused. But I do like Derek Walker. Um, he's 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 a dog. Um, but I mean, Nebraska's. I think they have two, three conference, two or three conference wins now. So they're they're, they're pretty terrible. Back wins though. They they did beat Ohio State at home. Or oh, at on, on the, the road, road at, on the road at Ohio State, but after, after uh, beating per, uh, what was it, Penn State? I, I think that was at Penn State too. I believe you're right, and they they, they demolished them. They beat them by like twenty, but I I don't think they're going to be lasting long in the in the uh, Big Ten tournament. Oh, I told no, my brother gonna, they'll get bounced very quick. Yeah, I told my brother if they and he's a huge Nebraska ball fan. I told my brother if um they win the Big Ten tournament, I will give him my next paycheck. So, really hoping that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a but zero shot. That's a tough bet there. Oh. When you're when you're leaning on a freshman in Bryce McGowns, who who honestly he could be he the Big Ten freshman of the year. He's a stud. But when you're leaning on someone like that to carry your team through the Big Ten, who is chock full of veteran talent, juniors and seniors across the board. I mean, you can't you can't really expect a freshman to lead you to a conference championship, not in that league. I know you, I know you brought up some notes on uh, some some maybe off the path here conferences. So let's start breaking them down. Who do you want to talk about? Um, so I really got two that I'd really like to break down. Uh, one's the West Coast Conference, which I believe they start tonight. Their their tournament starts tonight. They're tonight or tomorrow night. And then the other is the Summit League, which is my alma mater, UNO. 
Nebraska, Omaha. They play in the Summit League. So I guess we'll go there first. So UNO, my alma mater, and I'm not really a UNO fan. I think I've been to one game. Um, it was more of a hockey school than a basketball school. Um, but they, they've won one or two conference games, and they play the undefeated in conference, South, South Dakota State Jackrabbits. And the funny thing about this is the Jackrabbits are full of Nebraska talent. So kids that grew up in Nebraska played high school basketball in Nebraska. And they are going off in the Summit League. Um, 18 and 0. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're nice. They're really nice. Baylor Shireman, who is from Aurora, Nebraska, a small town in central Nebraska, played against him in high school. Uh, was just named the Summit League Player of the Year. And I, I was a senior when he was a sophomore, I believe. And I, I scored, I scored against him in summer. So uh, there you go. <laughs> but uh, he is, he's leading that team. Uh, I, I believe he is their second leading scorer. He leads the team in rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. I'm pretty sure. But he's, he's like a six, six point guard. He he's he's like Lamella ball. Yeah, that um, we'll, we'll start with the Summit League since I don't have so much, and I actually would love to talk about the West Coast Conference because I think that one's going to be a fun one. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know too terribly much, but it does look like the South Dakota, uh, the Jackrabbits are on fire. They're running it up. Um, obviously, another team that people might recognize from last year in the Summit League, Oral Roberts, has not been as good this year. Um, North Dakota State, UMKC, uh, University of Missouri, Kansas City. They actually are a sneaky team. I would I would not be surprised if they made a run in the conference tournament. Um, they've been a, they've been a really low key good solid basketball team this year. Uh, they beat some. They've played some competition. Pretty tough. I don't know if they have any. I'm checking their schedule here. They they beat Missouri, which I know Missouri's not that great, but um, they. They did beat Missouri. They beat an SEC school, so they have some talent. They've played well. They've been playing really good as of late. So they had, I think that they can make a run. Yeah, um, I mean, the team I'm cheering for in the in the Summit League tournament is North Dakota State. I one of my really good friends growing up is actually a coach on the team now. Uh, for North Dakota State, I mean, maybe we'll have to get him on here sometime if, if that's allowed for him. But. Uh, just chop, chop up on talks and call to basketball. But um, yeah, I, I'm really cheering for them. They got a, they got a pretty good, uh, pretty good center Rocky cruiser. He's like six, nine and shoot it. He's really athletic. And then they got a point guard, six, six, Sam Grizel. who's actually from Lincoln. Um, who's probably their best player. Um, it's pretty, pretty big frame. He plays in the German weird enough, the German uh, national basketball team. Um, and I, I really think they could make some noise. I mean, they've played South Dakota State close this year. I mean, they've had some tough losses. Sam Grizel, their best player, was out for almost a month, I believe. He uh, kind of had a scary situation. He um, had an ulcer in his stomach and, I guess, didn't know about it. And they found him, like, laying on the ground, like, in a pool of his own blood, and, which is very scary. So he was out for a while just trying to recover from that. And that's such a tough situation, but he's back to full health. Thank God. And um, I really think they could make a push, especially against South Dakota state. Cause they're 
huge rivals up there. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a fun conference to watch. I always love actually watching mid-major conferences. They're a good time. So, but you, you mentioned the West Coast Conference. They actually do get off to start tonight. Um, they have Pacific and LMU will play tonight uh, in the 8-9 matchup, and that will be the first game. So, oh, and then you also have Pepperdine and San Diego. So you've got two games tonight, the 8-9 and 7-10 matchups. Uh, break it down. What do you got for me in the in the Big West? Or, Mount, yeah, West Coast. Well, I think really – the top five teams are really the ones that you need to focus on in this league. And that is Gonzaga, obviously St. Mary's who is producing just great teams year after year, not necessarily great players, but they play the right way and they know how to beat Gonzaga, obviously, because they beat them on Saturday and then Santa Clara, the home of Steve Nash. <laughs> and then San Francisco, who is out of nowhere became a very good team this year. I mean, they were ranked, I believe they were ranked 24 for a while. And yeah, then BYU. They were- they were ranked. I actually, I, I, that San Francisco team, I started falling last year. Um, they were a solid, solid team last year, but this is the best of what the uh, West coast has ever been. Agreed. I, I think they could get four teams, maybe five. If BYU sneaks in as a bubble team and Santa Clara maybe wins the conference, I, I could see four, maybe five teams from this conference getting in. Which is unheard of from a mid-major conference. Yeah, three for sure. Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and San Fran, I think, are all in. Um, San Fran's probably getting close to the bubble. They're at a 10 at the moment. They're not on the bubble, but they're close to a bubble. And then Gonzaga, clearly a one seed. And St. Mary's, who just knocked off Gonzaga last weekend, a extremely capable team of winning more than one game in the tournament, in my opinion. Um, definitely a potential team for a Sweet 16 or Elite 8 run that would uh, probably be called a Cinderella in a sense because not a lot of people know them. But they could, I, mean, I think they're going to come in and play. We'll, let's see what they've got in here. They're protected to be a five seed. So clearly a five seed making it to an Elite 8 wouldn't be that surprising. But I do think that uh, a lot of people would be surprised because they don't know who the heck they are. Um, so San Fran, I, I, they've slowed it down. As we've gotten here towards the end of the year, they they've had some struggling losses. They they were not as good as they were early on. So I, I see, I think St. Mary's Gonzaga clearly the one two Gonzaga step above everybody. But if they get knocked out by somebody, you could look at a bid stealer there in Santa Clara or a BYU that could make a run and then become a bid stealer for another conference. Yeah. It will. I'm so excited to watch this conference play. I mean, the, you got some great basketball out there, and a lot of teams that kind of fly under the radar. I mean, you kind of see it to the Pac-12 as well. I mean, these games are played so late at night; a lot of people don't know about them. But I mean, the biggest thing is that you've got these games going on at at nine o'clock, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, sometimes Eastern time. So you're just you're not getting in. You're not getting a very large audience to watch it. But if you love basketball and you're going to be up. I highly encourage you flipping these games off because they're going to be good. They're going to be entertaining. These teams care. These fans care out there. And they're going to be some teams to watch for your bracket come March Madness. Exactly. So I'm trying to think about, uh, you know, too much else. Obviously next week we're going to be, we'll be able to break it down uh, as we get into all the major actual conference tournaments, all the, the SEC, ACC, 
beautiful big ten. Big East. Big, big East, obviously. <laughs> um, we'll break down all of those conference tournaments as they get into full swing next week. And then we'll also have a little bit of players championship talk next week. It's a good time. Uh, I know for sure we'll be able to drag Nate on the prod- on the podcast for that one. He won't want to miss that talk. He will not. He loves himself some golf. And then we can, we can talk him into some basketball while we're on it. So, um, you know, we just kind of want to break and, you know, get back with you guys. It's been too long. Get some content out there for you. We've caught you up on what's going on. Enjoy the last weekend of the regular season in college basketball because starting next week, you go into the, the full-blown real big ones. And then if we're sitting here two weeks away from two weeks from today, you will have the opening day of March Madness. So, God, that is going to be so beautiful. I can't wait for that weekend. One, yeah, we're excited. St. Patty's Day, first day of March Madness. How perfect is this going to be? You know what I just realized? So I took off the first day or the Friday of the first, like the opening weekend of March Madness, and St. Patty's Day is a Thursday, so I can go out on St. Patty's Day. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Glad I can uh, make your night a little bit better. You did just make my night better. You got something to look I don't for know who's, if anyone's going to be able to go out with me, but hey. Thursday nights are the nights to go. I love love some good Thursday night. Uh, Thursday nights are fun nights. So, yeah, let's uh, let's cap it at that. You know, we've had a good time. We'll, we'll keep it pretty short and sweet for everyone. Um, appreciate it. And then, like I said, we'll be back probably on uh, Tuesday. We're going to shoot four to get that out for you guys before all the, the tournaments start up on Wednesday will be when large portion of the tournaments will start going on. So we'll try and get that out for you guys. And then, uh, you know, maybe I'll have a, a live report for you guys from Tampa next week. So, but with that, uh, appreciate it. And we will be back with you guys next week.